Oh, what a great week. What a great week. And to tell you how great of a week it is, I have this much voice left. So you're going to have to bear with me uh, today, and, uh, and we'll make it. Uh, it's a little raspy today, but we'll make it. Uh, just bear with me. Are we going to make it? We're going to make it. Okay, that was mostly for me, but we're going to make it. So uh, needless to say, God's house was uh, busting with joy and passion and love this week as we wrapped up another awesome week of Vacation Bible School. And again, a huge thank you to all of our staff, uh, all of our volunteers for serving so faithfully, all of those that are in the aisles that were here last night that will be here for the next service. Uh, You are my heroes uh, for hanging out and dancing and singing along with those kids all week. Uh, It is it is a tall order to keep up with them and their energy level, uh, but you did it, and you gave Jesus your best uh, every single day. So can we thank our volunteers one more time? They did an awesome job. <clears throat> Absolutely. Of the many things that I love about uh, Vacation Bible School is that you want to see a picture of the church being the church. We talk a lot about the body of Christ, and in a healthy church, uh, just like a body of Christ, every part of the body, of the church body, contributes. There's nobody's just here to consume. Everybody's here to offer something. And so VBS is a great opportunity for people in all different walks of life and different seasons of your life. VBS isn't a kid's thing. It's not for young uh, families alone. It's, it's an entire church thing. And we would not be able to do it unless everybody played their roles in all out effort from shepherding to crafting to song leading to being a, a fool for Christ in the skits to Bible lessening, whatever you call that, to greeting, uh, even our highly trained security team uh, to make sure that we ended the week with as many kids as we started the week. And I'm here to report, we did. So praise God for that. That's, that's always good. Uh, and that, <laughs> that's because we want this to be a safe place for your kids, your grandkids, not just physically, but also spiritually as well. That this is a place they're not going to get bullied, they're not going to get pushed around, they're not going to get pressured uh, or guilted into believing something that they're not ready for. They're going to be invited to know the love of Jesus Christ that God has for them. That this is a safe place for them to come and be known and to be loved and to be valued and lifted up. And so Friday night, uh, after kind of the, the whole ending party was done, a few of us staff we're up here, and I'm basically laying on the stage uh, trying to, to get my feet under me uh, again, and everybody's pretty much gone. A few thoughts are running through my head at that time. Three things. Number one, I am not 20 anymore. <laughs> Every part of my body aches. Uh, I am exhausted. Number two, closely related to that, it was totally worth it. Amen? Uh, it was totally worth it. Uh, and number three, uh, this one caught me a little off guard, uh, and you know sometimes... A lot of people think that they need to hear God's voice. It needs to be some like, you know, John, go to VBS, you know, like some big booming voice. Often when I hear from God, it's in these, is that still small voice with a little nudge of the Holy Spirit. And it's almost like God said it to me, like with a little smile on his face. <laughs> and he said, John, you haven't had that much fun in a long time. It's, it's been too long. Like God is a father putting his arm around me, his son. Like this was a very personal thing. Not the hundreds of kids and hundreds of volunteers we had, but a very personal thing. But John, you need to get your joy back. And I just thought maybe that's for somebody this morning. That sometimes as we become serious, productive adults, we lose our joy. And that's one of the things that scripture says that Jesus came to bring us. Sometimes we lose our joy and forget that life is way too short to be lived without 
joy. And let me tell you, there was a lot of joy in the house this week. Some of you that volunteered for Vacation Bible School, here's the funny thing. You're the same people that I watch. One of the reasons I stand in the back uh, for worship and I watch you is because some of you don't move an inch because you're Lutheran and you're Scandinavian on top of it. And so you don't move an inch during worship, and I am too, so I can call us out on this. Like, I'm just going to put my hands in my pockets, and our God is the Lamb, the Lamb. Those same people that don't move an inch during worship are the same people that were busting a move during VBS and going crazy. You would have thought it was 1977 Saturday Night Fever or your 1980s prom dance in here because you were going nuts for Jesus. So don't tell me that you can't move during worship. So I'm going to be expecting that uh, now moving forward. But it's fun to see that joy come out. One of the many things that I love about VBS is that for a lot of you, uh, you lit up inside. And, and here's, here's why. Because I think your heart longs for that again. Not to be seven, but to experience Christianity the way that it was meant to be. And that's full of freedom and full of joy and full of passion. Some of you have had a rotten experience with the church in the past, and now you're here and you're coming to a car dealership and you're sitting in the lobby or upstairs. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. Should I stand up? Can everybody, I'm going to stand right here so everybody, can, we're wrapped around the corner today. Um, and now you're here, and I just want you to say that Jesus came in in John 10, 10, he says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's his offer, and some of you have not had that experience, so your, your joy is, is the first thing to go. You long to experience Christianity. You were created for this, not just a preference. You were created for this, to experience that joy, and it is no coincidence that all throughout the Gospels, Jesus lifts up kids as the primary example of what it looks like to live in the kingdom, not as some like, oh, look at these cute kids, and that was a fun little cute thing for the offering. Now to the adult stuff. Now to the adult sermon. Let's get serious. Okay? Jesus says, look at these kids. Multiple times. One of those is in Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 10. If you need a Bible, they're in the back. Take one, take 10. That's our gift to you. We want to get those uh, in your hands. Or if they're on uh, your Bible app, you can pull that out as well. Mark chapter 10. Jesus is teaching. And Jesus is a, you know, he's a pretty important guy. And so when Jesus is giving a sermon, you're probably paying attention and you're not tweeting and you're not checking your Facebook scroll because Jesus is pretty important, right? So everybody's listening to Jesus and they're having the serious adult Jesus sermon time. And here's what happens in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13. People were bringing their children to Jesus to have him touch them. Okay. Some parents had the audacity to interrupt Jesus' sermon. That takes some guts, don't you think? So often in church we think, oh my word, my kid's crying. It's the end of the world. I gotta get him out of here, right? By the way, if you ever hear a child crying in church or a kid making a fuss, don't stare at that parent. Look at them, smile, and then in your head, give God praise because that family made the effort to come to church today and we love kids at Lutheran Church of Hope, Okay. They had the audacity to interrupt Jesus' sermon, and Jesus stops everything. It says this, but the disciples, oh, geez, the disciples, they rebuked them. They said, shoo, get away. Bring that kid to the nursery, right? They were shooing him away. 
When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Everybody say indignant. 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 The disciples are just doing what they think is right. Children were on the, the bottom rungs of society, way down there with slaves and servants. Children are to be seen and not heard. Well, we heard him this morning, right? Be seen and not heard. Jesus is the son of God, and so we don't want to interrupt his time. Instead, we read Jesus was indignant, not mildly upset, but indignant on an agonic teo. Everybody say agonic teo. Agonic teo, that's the Greek word for indignant. It means moved viscerally. There's only a few times in scripture where Jesus's righteous anger and indignation comes out. One of them is turning the tables over in the temple when they'd made God's house a place to sell things and a den of themes. The other time that Jesus's righteous anger comes out is when kids are not made a priority. Think about that for a second. It's not a sideshow. C.S. Lewis, a great Christian author, once wrote, kids aren't a distraction from the main thing. They are the main thing. And the reason for that is because Jesus says it, agonic tale, deeply afflicted. And Jesus says this in verse 14. Let's read it together up on the screen nice and loud. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then Jesus continues, verse 15, truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Okay, it's hard to miss. God is passionately in love with kids. And if we're going to continue to be a church after God's own heart, a church that looks like Jesus, kids at Hope are never going to be an afterthought. Instead, they'll always be celebrated and respected and loved and lifted up as examples of what it means to be the church today. That's why the least we can do is give them a standing ovation, because they're the examples to us of what it looks like to live out our faith. Some of you are stuck in your faith today. Some of you are going through the motions of Christianity, and you show up for church once in a while, but inside, you're numb. You're stuck. You're not moving forward on your journey. And what does Jesus tell you? Watch the kids. Watch, no, seriously. Watch the kids. Observe, and Jesus says, that's how you can get unstuck. That's how you can get your joy back. In fact, as we seek to live out our vision as a church, it might be helpful to look at Jesus' vision for the kingdom. Look at the kids. That's a picture of the kingdom. And so we're in this sermon series called The Heart of Hope, and we're exploring our mission, vision, values. And for, for some of you, you're brand new, and so this is a great series for you to get to know who we are behind the scenes at Hope. You know, pull back the curtain, be 100% transparent of who we are as a church. And last week, we learned about our mission. This week, I want to talk about our vision. Our, our mission is what we do. Our vision is who we're called to be in the, in the future, a, a picture of that. And so what I want to do today is give us a picture of who we're called to be as a church through the lens of what I learned through these kids this week in Vacation Bible School. And it actually lines up perfectly with our vision statement that hasn't changed for over 20 years as a church. So let's read this together, our vision statement as a church. Now, let me just give you a little clue. Whenever there's an exclamation point up on the screen, that means you bring a little bit extra gusto, all right? So say it nice and loud. To be a spirited, growing, Christ-centered community filled with hope. That's right. Oh, good job. You got it. To be filled with hope. That is our vision statement. That is where we are going. And it's not some slogan to put on the back of a t-shirt or a coffee cup. We, I saw this vision being lived out 
in three specific ways this week that I want to highlight for you today. The first one is this, the passion of these kids. Everybody say passion. 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 This is the spirited uh, part of our vision statement, our passion. The, their passion is contagious. From the, the moment these kids walked into the building every night, I saw during uh, drop-off of these kids, there was kids so excited that they're literally jumping out of their car, not, not while the car's moving, but they're literally jumping out of their cars and running in here and skipping into church and jumping and running in here to meet their shepherd. When's the last time you skipped through the lobby to church, right? <laughs> right? Maybe to get your donuts, but you skipped into the the lobby. The, the kids showed up full of the Holy Spirit uh, every single week. To give you a picture of this, I was talking to a mom uh, the second day, and she said after the first night of vacation Bible school, uh, her boy is, you know, six, seven years old, and they went home that night, and, and he was telling her everything that he learned uh, about VBS, and she said, well, honey, I got to get your t-shirt so we can wash it so that you can wear it tomorrow, and the little boy went, wait, what? I get to go back tomorrow? Like, he was convinced that Vacation Bible School was a one-night thing, right? And I mean, you should have seen the look on his face when he found out it was five nights, right? It was the greatest moment of his life. And I'm wondering, what if that was our posture towards worship every single week? What if, like, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday rolls around, and then all of a sudden somebody says, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And you're like, wait, what? I get to go to church again this weekend? I'm serious. This is what Jesus is talking about to have childlike faith that worship, God's picture of us being a spirited community is that weekly worship, not monthly, not when it fits into my schedule or I can make it a priority. Weekly worship is a get to, not a got to, amen? And when you're here, and when you're here, that you would be surrendered to the Holy Spirit and say, God, I'm gonna drop everything at the door and I wanna, I wanna worship in whatever way seems natural, it's a natural overflow of my heart. Now, some of you are saying, John, you know, that's great. I love VBS. I'm all in. I, I didn't really do the VBS thing because here's kind of what you're saying. If you're going to really love Jesus and really be passionate for God, then you got to have all this energy and you got to be jumping up and down and dancing around like all these people in the aisles. Well, that's not me, so I guess I don't really love Jesus. Do you ever wonder why the final few days of Jesus' life were called the passion of the Christ. I mean, you've heard of the movie, right? They call it the passion. Jesus is sweating blood in the garden praying for you and me. He's flogged 39 times, one short of killing a man. He's got a crown of thorns shoved into his temple, and then he's got railroad spikes driven through his wrists. And they call this the passion. It's because passion can mean a lot of different things. Literally means an intense desire for something. It's because Jesus has an unrelenting passion to be in a relationship with you. And he didn't stop at anything for you to know the depths of his love for you today by giving it all on the cross. Passion can mean a lot of different things. And just as important as the outward expressions of passion in Vacation Bible School are the outward expressions of passion that you are as an incredible church year-round. I mean, if you're just here today to watch your cute kid saying that's awesome, but we would love to invite you back to come and join the mission because this is an incredibly passionate church. The passion that some of you have that you were here this morning a couple hours before I think I got out of bed uh, this morning, to be honest, getting breakfast ready for our guests. 
the passion that many of you have for being up here after our services to pray for other people and to let God's spirit flow through you, the passion for those that are serving in our children's ministry and, and holding your kids in the nursery right now, the passion that those of you have to, to, to lead worship every single week, all of that is passion. Or God is looking for way more than energy. He's looking for hearts that are fully invested, that are fully surrendered to him. We want to be a spirited church. We want to be a spirited church. Jesus is looking for passion, for hearts that are all in for him. So we want to be spirited, but we also want to be growing. We want to be a growing church. Everybody say growing. growing. The second thing I saw in these kids this week is the way that they, they are ready. They're ready to openly receive just whatever comes their way. They're ready to learn, to let God's love all the way in. And some of you are like, that's cute, but they don't, they're not really learning anything. They don't really know the songs. It's just, you know, the adult stuff. Well, every single day, we do a phrase of the day based on our theme. So you can see it over here on the wall. Monday, we learned about power, and then Tuesday, and so on and so forth, joy, love, faith, and then Friday, eternal life. And so to go along with those themes so that the kids can remember it, we have a phrase of the day. Well, Monday, we learned about God's power in creation, right? That God created everything, and he's so powerful. And our, so our, our phrase of the day on Monday is boom, God just made that baby, okay? Boom, God just made that baby. Let's say that together. Boom, God just made that baby. Okay, I have a little boy that's gonna put y'all to shame, okay? So this is Derek, and Mike, one of our Bible study leaders, did this at the beginning of our Bible study time every day. And so if you don't think that these kids are receiving this and internalizing this, let Derek blow you away here. Take a look. Can you do that? One, as loud as you can. Two, think that he believes that? Absolutely. The thing that the reason Jesus lifts up kids as the example of our faith is because kids go into every single day saying, I expect to grow. I expect to learn. There's going to be new things that I'm going to learn today. God, what do you have for me today? They came in here every single night. What am I going to learn at VBS tonight? And some of us go into every single day saying, oh, God, another day, another week to survive at work. When did you stop growing? Or would you say that you're moving forward in your faith? The danger comes as adults, as followers of Jesus, when we think we have nothing more to learn. When, when, we, when we think that we've learned it all and we're not moving forward. Here's another way to look at it kind of in a visual sense, and I hope everybody can see this. I know we're crammed in here today, so hopefully you can all see that. All of us have a different point where we come to faith. Some of you are there, some of you are not there. And if you're not there today, come on up for prayer afterwards. We'd love to tell you more about Jesus. But for a lot of us, we've had that experience of faith. And then we start out on our spiritual journey. And for a lot of us, we have these mountaintop experiences where everything's going great and we feel close to God. Others of us, you know, we kind of plateaued. For some of us, we have these peaks and valleys. And for a lot of us, a lot of the Christian life is just sort of lived plateaued. And the danger of that is that if we stay here for a long time, that we just start to think that Christianity is about showing up to church once in a while for an hour, but it has nothing to, to do with the rest of our lives, that we're not moving forward. And so I want to challenge you this morning. Do you go into every single day with the faith of a child saying, God, what do you have for me today? I'm, I'm so ready to learn. 
I hear people say, well, I've done small groups, I've done Bible studies, I've gone to church my whole life. That's great, but does your life look more like Jesus this week than it did last week, this month than it did last month, this year than it did last year? Or are you stuck? Are you plateaued? And the danger comes when we think that there's not anything more to learn. Jesus challenges us and says this in Matthew chapter 23. Let's read it together up on the screen. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Are you ready to grow and to learn and be challenged? Some of you are doing great today. Some of you are down in the dumps, and Jesus wants to give you your joy back. Some of you are just stuck. You're plateaued. And you're like, my kids are here. My kids are in Sunday school. Oh, I've done my job. You can't give away what you don't have. And you are the primary spiritual influence in your children's lives. As kids, as grandparents, you can only lead people where you're going. You can only give away what you have. And you will only reproduce who you are, moms and dads. Brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, church. Let the joy of the Lord fill you up so that it naturally spills over. I want to challenge you to start thinking as the kids go back to school this fall, how does Jesus want to take you back to school to be his disciple, which literally means student or apprentice? Is it the alpha class? Is it the core class, which is for the alphas, kind of for those that are getting started in the church and their faith would be a great class for some of you that starts in early September. For some of you, mid-September is the core class, which teaches us to follow Jesus every day. For those of you that need a little kickstart in your faith. For some of you, you are living life isolated and you come in every week and you do your thing and you leave. Nobody knows you and you don't know anybody. God's calling you to get in community and join a life group, to stop thinking about it and doing it. So when we say growing, spirited growing, we want to be growing deep and wide, right? You remember the song, right? Help me out here. I have no voice, right? Deep and deep. Wow, we're terrible. None of, we're not going to start a choir anytime soon here. Deep and wide, deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide, right? We want to be growing deep and wide. Once in a while, I hear people say, John, you know, enough with the kids stuff. Can we get on to something deep? We've had even people the last couple years come up to us and suggest, John, VBS is so much fun for the kids. How about we do an adult VBS, you know, and like really go deep with these stories and these, let's, let's do an adult VBS. I'm like, that is a cool idea. And then my second thought is, wait a minute, we just did. That was it. We just did, and here's why. These kids this week showed us how to worship passionately, led by the Spirit. They brought a ton of groceries. We talked about there are boys and girls that don't know where their next meal is going to come from in our community. And they served, and they reached out, and they loved. And these kids invited tons of friends. According to Jesus, that's deep. Some of us think that going deep is consuming more information or filling out more blanks than our next DVD Bible study. Going deep is doing your Bible study. And looking more and more like Jesus. Bible studies are great. Small groups are great. But at some point, our Bible studies got to turn into a Bible doing. These kids showed us what deep is this week. And here's the reason. We talk about power and joy and love and faith and eternal life. You never graduate from those. You never outgrow those. Because there were some volunteers. Well, to be honest, I knew about 90% of you that were here this week as volunteers. And I know that your lives aren't perfect. I know you're struggling with things. And the reason we need to be reminded of God's unconditional love for us is there's some people in this church that are going through a painful divorce right now. And you were reminded this week of God's unconditional love for you. That's deep. 
There are some of you that have been praying and praying and praying for God to heal your marriage or your family or some sickness or disease that's in your family, and you just about gave up praying. And then you were here, and we learned about how God is the power, and that we can have big faith in a big God on Thursday. And God rejuvenated your desire to pray again, that God truly listens to our prayers. That's deep. There are some of you here this week that came in thinking it was for the kids, and, well, it was actually for you. You want to go deep? Believe what God says about you and learn to live like it's true. But we don't want to just grow deep in our love for each other here. We want to grow wide. And so we never stop inviting. And some of you are like, inviting, uh, there's nowhere to put people. We may not have room here in our building. And this is a perfect opportunity for me to promote our Saturday night service at 5 o'clock. If you'd rather not sit outside the women's bathroom or in the hallway upstairs, we have lots of room on Saturday night. And that's why we added that service. So there's a little shameless plug uh, for that as well. We invite. We keep inviting. Some of you are like, John, isn't hope big enough? No, we keep inviting. We keep inviting. Why? Because somebody invited you. And if we have the greatest news in the world to share, we're going to want to share it. Not because we're trying to grow a big church, but because we're trying to grow the kingdom. And when it comes to churches, bigger isn't better, smaller isn't better, better is better. And by better, we mean more effective at reaching people for the kingdom of God and growing the kingdom of God to make heaven crowded. Amen? That's why we're here. It's, it's never been about Lutheran Church of Hope. It's never been about us. It's about growing the kingdom. And so every night as we ended, I asked the kids, this was so fun to watch the look on their face. I said, all right, boys and girls, who's going who's gonna to invite a friend tomorrow? And some of the kids were like, I, I, I don't know. I've never thought about that. And then they see some hands going up around them. And with that childlike faith and that innocence, they kind of look around and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to invite a friend tomorrow. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all these hands start going up. And then the next day, the first thing in the morning, first thing the next night, I say, okay, who invited a friend? And all of these hands go up. They just do it. And so at the end of every service now, what I think I'm going to do for all of us is going to say, okay, who's going to invite a friend tomorrow? And I hope that the posture of our heart is, well, yeah, why wouldn't I? Of course. I wouldn't think about coming to church without inviting a friend. Your kids are going to do it. My wife and I forgot to invite some people to vacation Bible school because we you know, got so busy telling you you should do it. And guess who invites our neighbor to VBS? Our five-year-old son unprodded. We didn't say anything a week before vacation Bible school. We have a neighbor kid that's five years old. His parents don't go to church. They don't know Jesus. He says, can I invite so-and-so to VBS? Absolutely. He walked over there himself, invited the kid to vacation Bible school, and he's here and his parents came. Praise God for that. We keep inviting. There are some statistics out there, and I don't know how accurate this still is, but within the last five or six years, that show the average Lutheran in the United States invites somebody to worship once every 27 years. <laughs> That's not good, you guys. That's not good, right? Let's buck the trend. Let's be different than that. Let's have childlike faith. We have the greatest news in the world to share. God's vision for us is that we would be spirited, that we would be growing, and finally that we would be Christ-centered. Everybody say Christ-centered. Christ-centered Christ is based on this passage that Jesus speaks in John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. Let's read it together nice and loud up on the screen. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus says this is what it means 
to be a healthy church, that you're known for love. First, that you allow yourself to be loved, that you receive it, that you put it inside, and then very, very naturally, you share that love with others. In fact, that's something that we John, learned at vacation. John, what? John, John, John. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh my gosh. Ryan, I'm, I'm in the middle of a sermon right now. But yeah. look, look, look. There, oh my word. There. Oh, there it is. Okay, this is something we did at VBS. Uh, boys and girls, everybody, moms and dads, uh, God's love is coming. It's so big. It's really, really big, and so we got to catch it. So everybody put your arms out wherever you are. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be too cool. All right. All right. Got, right. Is it coming? Okay, it's coming. Oh, here it comes. Okay, we're going we're gonna to catch it. It's so big that you might fall over. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, oh. God's love is so big. Ryan, stand back up. Okay, now, here's what is happening. Okay, what do we do with God's love? Well, we put it in our hearts. Everybody put it in your heart. And then it overflows in us and there's enough left over. What do we do with God's love? We share it around, right? What do we do with God's love? We put it in our hearts and we share it. Everybody say, good job, Ryan. Thank Ryan. There we go. That's right. <laughs> we receive it and we give it away. And so at Lutheran Church of Hope, we don't want to just talk about it. We want to do it. So here's the thing, and this is where I want to close today. It would be really, really easy to say, well, VBS is done for another year. We did our big event. We did our big party. We did our big show. So let's settle in and get comfortable as a church again. The problem is that's not what Jesus did. John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And usually we talk about that verse during Christmas, but it's actually a picture of what it means to be a church in a neighborhood. And I love the message translation. It says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Jesus moved on to Ingersoll and 19th, Ingersoll and 19th Street. Jesus came and he stayed because ministry happens in the big events and ministry also happens in the streets and in our neighborhoods year-round including the stuff that doesn't make headline news, that's not super flashy. The little seeds of love that are planted in these kids' hearts. So to give you a picture of this and where we're going in our vision when it comes to continuing the vision of Vacation Bible School, Jesus often talks about that all of our lives are a mission field. And I want you to think about it in terms of these three concentric circles. Not that one group is better, they're just different than the others. There's different groups of kids and students that we're called to reach as a church. And the first group is, I'll just write HK for Hope Kids. That's the kids that you saw up here. And the hundreds of others at Vacation Bible School that, that come here, that they come here with their parents. They, they've been to church before. They're, they're following Jesus. They've been baptized. And that's awesome. And they deserve our very best. And so as we talked about before, as we continue to grow as a church, a couple years ago, we added a Saturday night service uh, last night that we had just in order to make more room, because clearly uh, we're out of space, and we will always praise God for that. Um, and so we added that Saturday night service. Well, in order to make more space and so that you can invite more people, especially invite more families, I am super, super excited uh, to announce this weekend for the very first time that starting Rally Sunday, September 8th and 9th, we will start Hope Kids Saturday. So we're really excited about that. Praise God for that. We're going to make more space. And so your kids will be able to have the same great experience ages three through fifth grade uh, that they do here on Sunday morning. We're excited about that. Now, as we grow as a church, and as that ministry grows, also our need for volunteers grows uh, as well. And a really quick story about that. There was a couple uh, six, seven-year-old boys that I came up to this week, and I asked them, what was your favorite part of Vacation Bible School? 
keep in mind, we go all out. We have fun videos and lights and music and skits and, and games and all sorts of stuff. So six, seven-year-old boys, you can kind of guess what they're saying, right? Like, chips, sweat, you know, like whatever. What's your, what's your favorite part of vacation Bible school? And you know what they said? Hanging out with my shepherds, which happened to be two adult men. Let me say that again. Two adult men. Children's ministry is for everybody. You want to be like Jesus, pay attention and love and hang out with kids. And so if God has laid that on your heart, not in some pressure-filled way, if you're feeling pressure to do anything today, don't do it. But out of the overflow and joy of your heart, we would love to build that team. And so on your bulletin, on your connection card, just mark children's ministry. And Jamie, our children's leader, would love to talk with you about helping out on Saturday night or Sunday morning. That's why we do Saturday night, because people are busy on Sunday morning sometime, and we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to worship every single weekend, no matter what's going on in your schedule. So that's those kids. The second ring out are these kids that are just simply waiting for an invitation. They're your friends, they're your neighbors, they're your coworkers, they're your grandkids. They're like, wow, these kids sure look like they're having a lot of fun and learning about Jesus. Who else could I invite? If they were invited, they would come. But then last, there's this third circle. There's kids out here, and those kids represent a lot of kids in our neighborhood. And this tugs at my heart a little bit because I love our kids so much, but they're, they're here. And I think about the love that I have for our two kids that were up here dancing. There's kids in our neighborhood, literally within walking distance of our neighborhood, that for whatever reason are never going to step inside the walls of a church building unless we go to them. Jesus didn't stay up in heaven and say, uh, you guys come to me. He came to us, right? That's the gospel. And so if we're going to be an incarnational church, if we're going to go to them, it's going to look a little bit different for those kids that for whatever reason in their family circumstances or their uh, financial circumstances or whatever it is, would normally not come to Church of Vacation Bible School, which side note, because of your generosity and those of you that gave financially to provide scholarships, every single child that wanted to was able to come to Vacation Bible School this year. So praise God for that. That is awesome. But there's kids out there that are just waiting. <laughs> And the thing that's the same about all three of those circles, they're all God's kids. They're all God's kids. And they matter to him, and they love being here. And if you ever wondered if we're making it, sometimes I do. Sometimes I wonder if all of this is worth it. If we're really making an impact. If, if what we do every single week in Hope Kids and Vacation Bible School and all our programs we do for children and students is making a difference. Well, we took a bus and we picked, out a lot of, picked up a lot of kids that are from our neighborhood here that are in lower income areas that can't get here on the own, their own because their parents aren't around, period, or they're just not around during that time of day. And so we go and pick them up on the bus. And they, they come during the year and so they, they know us. They know when the Hope Bus shows up. And we were talking as volunteers one of the last nights and sharing some God moments from the week. And one of our uh, adult male volunteers was sharing a story that he rode back on the bus to drop the kids off at their homes. And he said, John, it was hard to get them off the bus, first of all. And we started to drive away, and they started chasing the bus. So we had to stop. <laughs> and they were literally clinging to the bus. 
because they wouldn't let go. I'll tell you what's attractive is not a big show, is not a big church. What's attractive is the life-changing love of Jesus Christ for kids and for big kids. Amen? There was another little boy. <laughs> there was another little boy that missed the bus when we came because I think his parents were working the third shift and they weren't around when we came and yet he was signed up and so he really wanted to come. And so about 45 minutes into our two-hour VBS, this kid comes walking in by himself. Six, seven-year-old little boy comes walking in and our leaders kind of meet him, connect with him. And uh, <laughs> he said, I, I wanted to come, I, I missed the bus. And like, How did you get here? He lives a couple miles away. And he said, oh, I just, I just walked. This little, the, the age of my little son that I wouldn't let walk around the block by himself, this kid had the audacity to remember what day it was, what time it was, and how to get to Lutheran Church of Hope. And he came by himself. He walked here. And this is my humble challenge for us as a church as we seek to continue the Momentum of Vacation Bible School to love these kids. Do we as a church have the same passion to go reach these kids as the same level of passion that they do to get here? Do we share that same level of passion or was it a big event that we do once a year and get cool t-shirts and then we shut the doors and say, well, that was fun. That's not who we are as a church and that's not who we're gonna be. And so I'm so excited for the fourth year, hard to believe, but for the fourth year in a row, for these kids out here that need specific outreach for a variety of reasons, we're gonna kick off our WizKids program again for the fourth year, which is every single Thursday night during the school year. And I'm unashamedly right now gonna say, we would love your help. We would love your help. I get it, this isn't for everybody, but for some of you, God's tugging at your heart right now because it's those kids that wanna be here and they love being here because they're experiencing something here that they're not getting any. They can get a show anywhere. They can't get the love of Jesus Christ anywhere, and that flows through us. So every single Thursday night, we feed them a meal that they may not get otherwise. We do Bible stories, and we teach them literacy through reading the children's Bible. Every single one of them gets a children's Bible that they're sent home with. We help them with their homework. We play games. It's VBS smashed into a couple hours every single week for these kids. And we go pick them up and we go get them because they're not going to be here otherwise. It's a great way to volunteer as a small group to bring food and to provide the meal for these kids. There's going to be 40, 50 of them here every single Thursday night to go reach those kids every single week. So my challenge for you today, take one step, whether it's Saturday Night Hope Kids, inviting a family, maybe helping out with whiz kids, take one step. Maybe it's helping with a back-to-school drive. Heaven forbid that there would be a child in our neighborhood that is going back to school with an empty backpack. That should never happen. And we're gonna take care of that. So I dare you, I triple dog dare you. After the service today, go out to the chalkboard in the lobby where all the school lists are, and this service alone, there's a couple hundred of us here, we can wipe that out, no sweat. Make us put more up there for the next service. And we'll just keep on filling up those backpacks to love those kids well. And so my challenge for you today is take one step. And so I wanna close today with a short little video. And as you watch this video, as it tugs at your heart, the challenge for us is not just to care, but to let our care move to action. Let's take a look.
Yeah, you can clap for that, absolutely. <laughs> so believe it or not, God can speak through a State Farm commercial. God is not calling you to do everything. But he is calling every single one of us to do something. To do one thing. To take one step today to grow in your faith. To get outside of your comfort zone and let that tug that you're feeling in your heart right now move to action. To not just be a church that reads the word but does the word, that lives it out. Freedom for Youth is one of our local ministries here in town that we partner with for our WizKids program, and they're out in the lobby today that would love to tell you more about the WizKids program, and there is an informational meeting this Thursday night at 6.30 right here at the church. Just come, and you're not committing to anything, just come and learn more about it, and they've got little reminder cards, so just stop out in the lobby there by the chalkboard, and they'll give you a reminder card for that. And Mark Nelson, the director of Freedom for Youth, worships here with us, uh, with his family, and he told me a couple weeks ago and reminded me the importance of what we do here as a church. He said, talked to a few 10 and 11 year old boys this past week that said that they had been approached by three different gangs in the last couple months and they decided they would rather go to Freedom for Youth because they're experiencing love there. We're not playing church. This is real life and God's love is real and it's so big and he wants you to receive it today and then give it away. May we be a church that pursues kids and adults with the same reckless, never-ending love that Jesus has first pursued us when we were strangers from him, when we were out wandering around the neighborhood and Jesus came and he found us. May we pursue others with that same reckless love. So let's not just talk about it, we're going to sing about it. I want to invite every single one of you to stand, let's stay, let's worship together, and let's be fully present as we sing of God's reckless love.